your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. So today on Selk Grassroots, a big interview series, we have a guest, a set of guests from the Kent County League, uh, all from the Eastern Section or Prem Division. Uh, we've got Blaine from Metrogas, Steve from Crockenhill, Kenny from Otford, and Luke Johnson from Farnborough Old Boys. Uh, all teams are having good seasons, I'd say. Um, successful seasons, uh, sadly cut short by uh, this bloody virus, but um, all teams definitely on the up uh, with lots of history. Uh, welcome, lads. How you doing? Not bad. All good. All yeah, good. good mate. How's how's this lockdown treating you? Are you looking forward to getting back or enjoying the break? Bit of both. Bit, Bit of both. both. It's nice yeah. not picking a team every week, but I'd really like to start picking a team again, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Nice yeah. to have the option anyway. Certain things that yeah, certain things you miss, and then there's certain things that you're like, oh god, I'm glad it ain't happening this week. Yeah. Blaine, how's it going? How's it going at Metrogas? Yeah, yeah, Keeping good. the lads together. Talk to some of them still. Um, the boys are on the old WhatsApp group chat, so they're still in contact. Everyone's on social media. Uh, Mike, the manager, obviously sends out messages every so often just to keep in touch with everyone, see how everyone's doing. So, yeah, I think the good thing about us is a lot of a lot of the boys were pals sort of before the team, so everyone kind of keeps in contact anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, all, all good are in. We're in to go, really. And Kenny, uh, Jamie hasn't really had much to do before uh, while <laughs> taking the job. He's got it now and he can come back to completely fresh, a uh, completely fresh team and times and no sort of no hangover really from, from the previous uh, manager. Yeah, that's it, mate. I think obviously right now, um, again, we've kept the core of the lads together, um, which was the main thing. Um, and you know we've had more than more than a few weeks to kind of prepare to uh, yeah. to get something up and running, which is uh, hopefully going to be a, a benefit for us. <laughs> right, so boys, I think we've done a brief introduction there. If you could just tell us a bit about your teams, I know a lot of people listening to this uh, may know that, but we do get uh, listeners from all over the place. Uh, recently, recently done a check on countries and, and places that listen to us now, and it is. It is a nationwide listening audience that we have, luckily. Uh, Luke, tell us a bit about Farnborough, just a brief history of the club uh, and, and where you find yourselves today. Um, yeah, we're, we're Kent Prem at the moment, Kent County Prem. Um, doing all right. Been in, I think we've been in that league four or five years now since coming up through the leagues. Um, what do we run? We run nine teams in total, so eight adult teams brought in a junior section from vets down to our fourth team who are, who are flying to be fair in a Bromley in South London. Yeah. I've been, I've been there about what, 10 or 11 years. It's good, mate. It's good. There's a few changes sort of in the last few years to try and give the club a better profile, get us moving in the right direction, be a bit more of an upwardly mobile club. Cause I think we've always said like, since we've been down there, it's a bit of a sleeping giant, not giant in, in the, like, as a club, but you know, like there's a lot of land there. There's a lot of yeah. people there. You've got 200 members, 200 playing members in total. And I just think it needed a bit of smartening up. Um, there's some quality people involved down there as well. So it's just about getting all of our efforts directed in the right way. And it seems to be happening at the moment. So yeah, it's just positive times down there. Definitely over the last 
few three four years the change the change at Farnborough has been noticeable for me someone who visits there seems does at least a dozen times a year over Saturdays and Sundays uh the, the club's had a, a facelift like a, a cosmetic facelift but also all of the uh, structure of the club with yourself uh, Matt Ellis and, and Nick Pitt uh bringing some some fresh ideas clearly to the club uh, it, it's really refreshing to see, and you're right. It, a sleeping giant is is right. You, it's a, it's a catch. It's on the outskirts of Bromley, so the catchment area um, helps you. And uh, probably missed out on having the best season the club's had this season, this year. Would you say with the COVID thing? It's, it's, it's done us twice. To be fair, we were on course for like the best ever finish would have been. I think we already had more points than we'd ever got before in the uh, eighteen. 1920 season um and then yeah this year we were looking even better so yeah twice twice it's, it's yeah. stopped us from having that now and the kent intermediate shield or cup uh final that's still, that's, that's still going ahead isn't it blaine whatever happens <laughs> 2025 you'll play that we're, one. We're, I'm, yeah i might, might be a vets game by the time we get there i've i've been lucky to ref i've been lucky to well as a assistant senior assistant on two of those cup finals for those for that cup Punjab against uh, Borden Village and um, South East Athletic against Staplehurst. It's a brilliant, brilliant cup final, that one. Um, hope you get to play it. I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later. Um, yeah, I think, we'd, like again, we've been we've been around as a club for nearly 90 years and never made that cup final. Yeah. Never got that, never got to it. So, yeah, it'd be a, it has to go ahead. It'd be a massive shame if it doesn't. Really would. Now, if the, the fact that they've, Got you. People have got to that final and they've announced dates to to cancel it now. I can understand. I know the Kent Kent County didn't play any cups this year. They have to play that cup final for the teams. The the teams deserve their day, um, even if after players that maybe were registered back then can't play, don't even play for you now. Maybe, um, but they have to. They have to get the cup finals done. Uh, Blaine, tell us a bit about Metrogas. Um, obviously, a, a club steeped in in uh, history and, and medals in Kent County, especially over the last 10 years. I think they were back-to-back Kent, Kent Prem uh, winners. Uh, and then, unfortunately, it seemed it sort of went downhill from there. A new manager in uh, with, with you, you're part of the management team, uh, looking to get back to, to those days. Um, what's going on at Metrogas at the moment? Yeah, so... Um... Like you said, massive, massive history, big club, uh, probably the dominant force in Kent County football over the last maybe 10 or so years, yeah. maybe a little bit shorter than that. But um, I always remember the Metro Gas side had some great players. They would regularly beat most of the scaffold one teams in that pre-season and stuff like that. Yeah. All the players easily could have stepped up. But, um, they had a good thing going, winning a lot of trophies, uh, Cups, leagues, everything. And then I just think they got to the point where the lack of progression from the Kent Prem inevitably led to a lot of players leaving. I think quite a few went to Kent Football United and uh, some other teams. And then it was kind of a restart almost. Uh, I think the team didn't do too well the year after all the main players sort of left. Uh, From memory, the manager left halfway through the season the reserves who at the time were in Div 3, I think the manager took over, took all the players up. They had quite a solid team. Sort of done well, steadied the ship, but um, you could tell the sales weren't quite weren't quite going in the right direction. And then 
ultimately they dropped to their lowest position, getting relegated to the Kent Div 1. And that's when we came in. So we were excited by the challenge, you know, like you said, big history, big club. And hopefully we can just get it back to where it belongs. Kent Prem minimum for me is where Metric Gas deserves to be. And, and we're doing everything we can to sort of get back to that level. So from, from the Kent County Prem to the toughest division in the Kent County League, Kent County Division yeah. 1 West. Uh, I think Div 1 West over the last two years has been mental. Um, so I remember looking up at the Div 1 when obviously I was at, well, in the previous club, when we were in Div 1, uh, sorry, Div 3 and Div 2, we were looking up at Div 1 with no fear of any of the teams in there, really. We we felt that we would have blitzed that league like we did sort of Div 3 and Div 2. Mm. Um Going into Div 1 last year, obviously looking at teams like Red Velvet, Tenenby, Chips Dead, uh, it was a totally different animal. Yeah. Um, and then obviously going into this year, I think a lot of teams got stronger halls, improved massively. A few other teams sort of made a lot of good movements. And uh, in my opinion, the top half of Div 1 could comfortably play in the Prem. Not saying every team in it would win it, but I think for me, a lot of the teams in, in Div 1 West could, could do really well. I think we'll get we'll get into that in a minute because I think you're right and I think that's that's been one that's been part of the fallout from no promotions or relegations in the Kent County in the last couple of years uh, or last season and this season by the looks of it that um, you're just getting teams sitting at the bottom of divisions for for a couple of seasons when they could they should really drop down and teams given their given their uh, promotions but we'll get onto that in a bit. Uh, Steve on to uh, Crocodile. Uh, one of the uh, famous names, really, from Kent football for decades, uh, always probably punching above their weight in playing in, in some of the divisions in or leagues that they've played in, in the Kent League and, and Scaffold. Um, find yourselves now in through a technicality, really, because of um, Scaffold ground grading rules. Um, find yourselves in the Kent County Prem. Uh, how's, that, have, how's that transition been for Crocodile? It's been one of those things that it's probably held us back to an extent in some aspects because I think when when they changed the structures of the league, we were put into the obviously into the scaffold and that, but it was always known that our ground wasn't up to to scratch. And unfortunately, in the club's full aware of it that you know, unless you get some kind of massive financial backing from somewhere to to do things like floodlights and all that kind of stuff, it's going to cost a a lot of money, which, you know, the, the club gets funds from, you know, players, gets funds through some sponsorship, but not to the extent that you could actually do that. So when it's in the scaffold, it was always kind of a, a known aspect that at some point we were always going to drop. And that that made that difficult in a sense to attract certain players. So then, you know, get you performing into such a, a you know, a position that you want in that league. And then obviously we've then come down into the Ken Prem it was a couple of seasons ago now. And yeah. we knew, as I said in the summer to yourself, it, it was going to be a real rebuilding job. Um, we had pretty much had to rebuild a squad from scratch, uh, create that core of players that other clubs previously had when you've got a lot of friendship groups and all that kind of stuff. We had to build that pretty much from, from nothing. I think we maybe had three or four players from the scaffold that continued. Yeah. Um, I came in part of the way through that season with Chris as the assistant. Um, and then later on, part way through last season, I took over as the manager. But then, it, you know, COVID has, as it has with every club, had a massive impact on 
on your plans and things and how you want to how you want to do things has this is a general question how's the response been to are you starting to get in touch with players and make plans for if we get a restart or getting a feel of how the players feel about it i know you the clubs have been asked by the league what your thoughts are on restarting or or or, or not so to speak but have you gone as far to ask players to, to, to play the players fancy it after such a disjointed couple of years is it tough for them to to go now and then start again next season what's the what's the general consensus Personally, from my side of things, like we keep we keep in touch with the players. And, you know, we're in the WhatsApp group and stuff. But I, I just feel like it's such an unknown. Like I could ask the players now what kind of general feeling is, but we don't know when we're going to restart. Mm. We don't know how we're going to restart. And it's kind of like we, I, I personally feel if I ask that question now, I'm going to end up asking that question in a month's time. Or yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, we got that kind of what is it? He's doing that plan on the week of the twenty second, isn't he? He's going to sort of say how we're going to get out of it and that will maybe shed some light. And that's probably when I'll start sort of talking to people and start saying, look, you know, how comfortable do you feel coming back and all this kind of stuff? What, what's your what's your thinking? Mm. But don't know what the other guys think. What do you think, Luke? I know you, Luke's a teacher uh, and I know it sounds like he's getting, uh, he's getting, he's getting jabbed to, so he can get back to school. Do you think that's a good sign for everyone in football, Luke? Yeah, it's, it's um, forward movement, isn't it? I, I agree with Steve. I think at the moment, it's, from what I feel from my players and, and group chat and the lads I've spoken to, is they're itching to go. But the worst thing you can do is feed the misinformation now. Like, oh, yeah, no, we'll be back in a few weeks. Let's get yourself fit. It's, you can't put yourself in that situation. So you're best off just being open and honest with them and not saying anything until, we, until we're given a bit of direction. I think, yeah, I mean, like from the... No one really knows, do they? But from from the signs, I think we're moving. Seems to be moving quickly through the, the vaccinations. They seem they seem to be flying out. The people who are doing them are, are legends. They're getting a lot done. So the quicker we've got people feeling comfortable to get back out there, hopefully we can. I know football pales into insignificance for a lot of people, but it's very significant to, to me and to, to I'm guessing you lot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the, the quicker it can come back, the better. I'm, as far as I'm concerned. I was saying to the lads just before we started uh, recording that all my injuries have cleared up, so I don't feel normal. I need to start refereeing again to get injured, to get injured and, and start feeling like myself again. <laughs> it well, feels give, weird. Give it two weeks. Give it two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think the first week, <laughs> first week, I need to do a hamstring or something or pull me back just to feel normal again. Uh, Kenny, so on to Oxford United, uh, a club that I've enjoyed visiting. Uh, many a time, love many a, a, an evening game down at, at Otford, one of the few clubs with um, floodlights uh, down there. So dark old walk back to the car park on a night <laughs> on a night in a, in a night game though. But uh, a club that I've always enjoyed and very hospitable. Uh, all the guys there in the clubhouse always always very uh, welcoming. Uh, it's been a club that's had quite a few managers over the last sort of period of time, Ricky. Uh, Tompkins has come and gone a couple of times, and um, other managers in between. Uh, what what's what is the Oxford United? What are the Oxford United uh, committee looking to uh, achieve with putting Jamie in? Are they looking to stabilise and, and improve the club? What's 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 the what's the view at the moment? I mean, look, obviously there was um, in the summer the the board kind of had a shuffle around. We've got a new chairman in, um, and obviously. You know, Ricky's departure wasn't kind of taken from from what I know. Um, speaking with with the chairman, it wasn't something that um, you know they took lightly. 
Uh, obviously, he's done a lot down down at the club, but it was something obviously that they, they felt they needed to change. Um, and I think with Jamie and obviously you've got uh, Connors as well, who's who's gone in as a joint manager with Jamie. They've both been down at the club for for years. Um, I mean, Jamie has been down there since he was a boy, um, and now he looks like you. So <laughs> he's uh, well, you he'll know have a, he'll, he'll have a go at you for that. <laughs> he won't be happy with that. I used, I used to see Jamie drinking in the ball all the yeah. time because I used to work down the road from there. And um, whilst he was always a pain uh, on the pitch, uh, yeah. he uh, he's a he's a good guy, and it's nice to see nice to see him in there. I'm surprised he didn't go in there sooner, if I'm honest. Yeah, to, to be fair, I mean, myself and Jay Jay was probably one of the, the people that you know when the announcement was made about Ricky. Um, obviously, I joined in the summer with Ricky. Um, but Jamie was one of the first people to give me a call um, and said to me, look, you know, I'd like you to stay around the club. At this time, he, d- he didn't know he was going to become the manager. Um, but I mean, obviously, as soon as I, as I found out that Jamie, you know, had become the manager, it, it was exciting. Um, Jamie's a great guy. Mike's a great guy. And, and the club itself, I mean, obviously, for, for me to stay on, one of the reasons why I did is because it kind of, like you say, the the it's a lovely kind of area to be involved with. Um, and and it just seemed like the right move, obviously, for, for me. You know, I thought we was going to be back playing a bit quicker than, than what we are. <laughs> but in, in terms of, of kind of the club and the plans in the future, um, you know, it's a club that will, will definitely thrive over the next kind of five, ten years. And, you know, I think it's not a name that you kind of hear all the time at the moment, but it is definitely one within within Kent over the next kind of five, ten years. Um, that you'll see the growth, which is which is the main thing. That's good. He's got a thriving a thriving youth section down at Otford as well. He's got multiple teams. I think is this, is it in the Seven Oaks and District League? They've got teams. Yeah, that's it. So we've got I think it's around seventeen teams um, in like the Seven Oaks and District League. Um, so yeah, yeah. Again, the, the youth setup down there. I mean, I turn up on a Saturday, and the chairman who actually runs kind of the youth development. He's down there kind of coaching, you know, 55, 60 kids every week. And you can tell, you know, that's that's something that, you know, it, you build a team around those people, you know, in 10, 15 years' time, Jamie's hoping that he'll still be managing kids that he's seen from when, you know, they were young. And, and that's that's the journey he had. And I think it's a very family-orientated club uh, within that respect. That's good. Uh, so on to the league. Um, obviously, uh, K, the KCL has been through some kind of transition period with step seven almost going and, and scaffold being the focal point. Um, do you think do you think that has been a struggle for the Kent County to re sort of establish itself and to and for players to be attracted to play? Obviously, you're all apart uh Metro Gas or Division One, but there's a bit of a they are a bit of a name uh, still with the nice ground and and facilities and stuff. But do you do you Prem boys find it hard? Have you found it much harder to attract players to play in the Kent County Prem when um, Scaffold One teams may have a few quid to to throw about and and to attract them? Um, for me, the opposite. If I'm honest, I've found it a lot easier this season. Um, I've had a lot more. People approach me, so rather than pe- pe- being people I know, just the, the emails coming through the clubs about people needing a needing a club. I, I haven't got a great deal of knowledge, especially not managerial or coaching in the scaffold. But I, I think from what I know of, of the boys here and other managers in in the Kent Prem, 
I think players get looked after a little bit more in our league. They get a bit more of a, a pastoral care than, than maybe they get in the scaffold. I think they're, they're given a bit more time to prove to what they can do. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I think, I, I don't know, for the rest of you, I, player recruitment's been my easiest thing, actually. I've got, if anything, too many players who are who standard. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, going, going back kind of start of the season, I remember I had people messaging me um, on, on all social platforms and, and kind of asking what the budget was down at Oxford because we had, we had a few big names come down. Um, but obviously, you know, I think it, it gets to a case sometimes, especially with kind of the ending of the year before, um, you know, you just want to enjoy your football. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the main thing. And obviously that's one thing we're not being able to do at the moment. But again, I think that's why, and I, for the rest of you boys, um, a lot of the core of the team that you had, you know, at the start of the season will still be around when you come back because people just want to be out playing and, and enjoying it. And that's something that um, is, has definitely changed over the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I feel that after last year and with the, with the season ending kind of abruptly, that keeping a lot of the players, I mean, because I thought at that time we were doing reasonably well towards the end of the last season before the before the lockdown. And there was a few players that I looked at in my side and thought I might lose them. And I didn't. And I kept them. And I think that kind of the lockdown bit kind of helped. It was almost like a an unfinished business, if you like. Um, so a lot of people came back. And then similar to Luke, a lot of people contacting us, wanting to join, wanting to come down. And, you know, we had quite a few down in pre-season we were able to take a look at. And, you know, it's never an easy thing to actually cut down that squad when you've got some good people coming down with some good attitudes. Um, but inevitably, you end up with a side. I always think there's always some players that want to try and go higher and, you know, fair play to them for wanting to try at the higher level. Sometimes you then look on and you see that they've spent maybe three or four games off the bench and you think to yourself, well, sometimes playing at that kind of Ken Prem level is good to just get the games, get the minutes and, you know, try to prove yourself in a way before you then take that step do do some players go too early and rather than get the experience I don't know but at the same time fair play to them for trying to give it a go to it if you like and Blaine on the on the flip side of that so in Division 1 West obviously as I said Metrogas the biggest name in the, in that division by a long by a long way not just for their um, not just for their the Prem the Kent Prem wins and there's something like I've, there's a hundred odd years worth of, of um, history in, in the club you, you can go back and find uh, brilliant news cuttings of them playing massive teams back in the back in the Some yellow <laughs> yeah it's all that stuff um, yeah. how, how have you guys I know it's um, it's a core of players that have been together for a while at, at a couple of clubs um, but how do you find player recruitment with uh, Metrogas um, we found it surprisingly easy, to be fair. Um, we went in there and pretty much off the bat managed to attract a lot of the boys that we had at Wellham. Uh, probably more than half the squad came with us pretty much straight away. I think when we left Wellham, a lot of the players pretty much left straight away and were sort of messaging us going, oh, when are we, you know, when are we getting back into it? When are we finding another team? What are we doing? And then as soon as we obviously got involved in the Metrogas project, a lot of players came straight on board. Um, also, we found quite a few of the players that was already there were actually really good and fit in really well. Uh, there's probably two or three players that we probably weren't expecting to find at the club when we went in there. 
given the, the club hadn't been in great form in the last couple of years, but there was two or three really, really, really good players in there that are sort of still big parts of the team now. Uh, we've got quite a few good young under-18s coming through that are getting some minutes, getting some game time. And Mike is just, he's, he's a great football guy. So he's constantly, you know, he's got players calling in, players wanting to come in, players from higher levels that maybe aren't getting the minutes that they think they want. And they look at us as, I think, quite a good option for them to come down, get some minutes in, build a bit of their confidence back up. So, yeah, for us, uh, you're, you're never going to necessarily get the top, top players that want big money and that want this and that want that, that are playing at the higher levels. But I think we're, we're getting a really good sort of core of our squad solidified. Like, we're not really struggling at all for good players, I don't think. Okay, so do you think do you think the, the the image or the reputation of the Kent County League has suffered on the back of the off step seven uh, not being a thing anymore, or do you think it's just business as usual? We keep going, keep going as we have been for the last ten years. I think from the outside looking in, it maybe takes a lot away from the league because there's not that clear and obvious progression from Kent into Scaffold. Yeah. Um, but I think in practicality, I don't think it's going to change too much. I think, you know, you still have to apply, even if you win the Kent Prem, you still have to go through the application process, the ground grading, all of this sort of stuff. That process, I don't think will change that much, other than the fact that teams from different leagues can also then apply, rather than there being that direct route. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think... It, it doesn't look as good. It doesn't sound as good, but I don't think it's going to actually make too much difference in practice. It might be good for the league not to have the FA too heavily involved in in decision making or or ruling of it. I know it's a cat. The it now yeah. falls under uh, the Kent FA, so it might be that it's a bit easier to to make changes and to not have to to pander to the FA. Um, to be honest, and- I, I think the Kent County won't won't be too bothered. I think there was a few incidences over the last couple of years where they've maybe been a bit upset that they've been overruled on certain things and that the FA have made certain decisions that they probably didn't want to happen. So yeah, I don't see them having a big problem with it, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, hopefully we get back into it quickly and then see how the league plays out. Boys in the, up there in the Prem, do you feel, you don't feel like there's been any sort of um, image damage or anything by the Step 7 tag going that, that doesn't bother you or, or your or the clubs themselves too much? No, not, not for me, mate. No, not, not at all. If, if anything, the, the reverse of it, it seems to be better. The league. You okay that, boys? Steve, Kenny? Yeah, I agree with what Blaine said in the sense that, you know, in practicality, it's not really going to have much of a difference. It's still the same league. It's still the one that feeds up into step six from the Kent, Kent Prem. Um Maybe from the outside for certain players, they might look at that and, yeah, they want that kind of, you know, aura around being involved in that kind of level. And it's not called that. That might change things. Maybe they want to go to step six because it sounds better. But all in all, it doesn't make much of a difference when it comes to the football, really. No, no, I agree. So lockdown, we've had a we've had a brief chat about it, but lockdown and the issues caused to football clubs as a whole, um, through this time, obviously, uh, we're expecting or we've seen clubs fold or finish or or come near to doing that. Uh, how do you feel clubs at your level have been supported? We see money being thrown around at, at, through step three to six. Uh, it seems us us lowly us lowly grassroots teams 
have been forgotten about completely. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I don't think there's been any talk about supporting anything below step six, to be honest. I don't even think, to be fair, step six and step five have got anywhere near the kind of help or attention that they probably need. Uh, anything below that, so yeah, it's been non-existent. I think the only saving grace is obviously that the outlayings are probably a lot less than what it would be if he was in a stop, uh, step six or step five kind of situation. So a lot of teams, I think, especially the ones that sort of make their money from player subs, I personally wouldn't mind putting my hand in my pocket every month, every week to keep the club going. Do you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people would echo that if you're paying subs every week anyway. I don't think people would be too too upset about supporting the club. So, so yeah, I think that it's a shame that there's not been more talk or more support, but I think most clubs will will probably just about do all right and make it through as long as sort of football comes back soon. There must be there must be clubs paying uh keep have to keep the utilities and all that running in their clubhouses they probably got leases to pay on on their grounds i bet i bet no one who who uh, is is had a, who has a landlord has been let off with money they have to find the money somehow and know metrogas have got a healthy uh, membership uh, to their to their club to help so that the, the football will continue and they probably own that ground as well but for clubs like uh Farnborough, do you own the ground luke or is it is it leased uh, it's Brom, well, it's Bromley's land. We've got a thirty-year lease on it, okay. um, so we have a um, we have a Montessori nursery in the clubhouse during the week. Um, who, like they, obviously pay their rental pays for the utilities. So while they've been closed, that was difficult. But obviously, nurseries are still open, so they're still thriving. Uh, they're doing really well. We were lucky enough to get a Sport England grant at the first lockdown um, to cover loss of earnings from the from subs from players for the seven weeks that we were first closed. You you do you charge 30 quid a player as well, didn't you, per week with that application? <laughs> it's expensive. It, my, my wages alone, mate, to cover them <laughs> nightly. Um but yeah and then so over the summer with kids football is allowed back. So that's been a like I suppose like option as well. Like it puts a lot of money into your into the coffers it's the whole reason that you do it um so, so we're looking relatively healthy we can't survive much longer without without football but it's um like you said like blaine said there's not a lot to lay out on at the moment we've got a big membership of people who if the if the shit did it the fan and like blaine said people would stick around in their pockets make sure it was all right is that the same is that the same for uh Crocodile? Do, do, they, do they own the ground or do you rent the do you rent the ground? We, we rent the ground. Um well, we're in a slightly different position to Metro Gas Farmer and Otford in the sense that we we just have a first team. Uh yeah. we don't have any like youth team elements. We had an under 18s last year, but unfortunately due to the COVID and the financial situation, we had to been off the under 18 team this year, which was sad in a sense, but we, we only have that first team so it's probably swings and roundabouts in a way because there might be a little bit less outlay compared to some of the other clubs who have to support the other sides but then when you guys had like youth football were able to run obviously you bring the money in we had no no means of doing so and you obviously have a lot more kids paying their way and all that kind of stuff where we've basically got a squad of 20 players who pay a bit of subs you know we don't charge them for the full season um Chairman does a great job at down at Crocodile. He does uh, pretty much everything around the ground and he puts his money in from his own pocket and stuff to keep the club afloat. So he does a great job in in that regard. But echoing what you know Luke said there, that you know, 
if if there's if there's no starting up of football soon, how long do clubs last? Is going to be a, a serious question. Yeah, and and Oxford, what what is is that? That's a comfortable position with with all those kids teams, or is it getting? No, a bit... I mean, I mean, you know, it helps. It definitely helps, and you feel for Crock and Hill um, and, and things like that. But I think the sponsors as well. Um, obviously, they haven't really had a, a mention in in the other guys, but I think obviously, you know. Knowing that you've got companies that are, are battling through this pandemic as well, but they helped kind of with kits and, and a bit extra and things like that. I think that that also helps us a lot. Um, but yeah, again, like like the boys have said, it, it can't it can't carry on for much longer. Um, you know, not just with football. I think with with everything in life, it, it can't. You know, things aren't free, are they? Nothing. Nothing's free. Electric and gas, I've turned out, it definitely ain't free. Over this last <laughs> over this last eighteen months, well, we're using a bit of that at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it's I, just, all day. I want to get rid of that smart meter. I can't, I don't, I can't take my eyes off it. I'm on the red every day. On the um, on the subject of sponsors, I mean, this is puts clubs in a bit of a a dilemma because people that have paid out at the beginning of last season to help these help teams out with either whatever whatever teams use the money for. Um, teams to then go and ask the sponsors can we have some more money please if they've only played what 10 10 12 games in a season it's gonna it's gonna be tough for everybody because no one really likes asking for money let's 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 put it that way but also you feel obliged maybe to say to your sponsors look we can't we can't ask you for any more money because you've helped us already and we've and we've not had a season how, how do you deal with the whole fundraising thing on the back of a of, of lockdown these these people are champs, aren't they? The ones who who sponsor grassroots sides like ours, they they don't do it for revenue that's coming off the back of it. No, no, no. I mean, I didn't mean that, but they might, but they might also be in a position where they've got ten staff furloughed and they're hanging on into their deep into their own savings, or the the bank balance has gone from the business because they're hanging on to the business. Uh, they might be. It might be that in years gone by, they've been happy to to buy a kit or to buy training tops or to pay for fees, this, that, and the other. If they haven't got it this year, um, it's going to, that'll be a knock-on effect to club. We do rely on these sponsors. They, they get, they do it for nothing. They do it for, for the love of it because they want to. But if they, if we're in a position where these, some of the companies that, that, that do it can't, and it's always, it's usually small, small building firms or, or, or restaurants and, and bars and stuff that have all been shut themselves for, for a year. That would be a knock-on. That could cause a knock-on effect onto grassroots football, and and you can't blame them if they have to say no. But um, are we expecting uh, are we expecting that to become an issue, or clubs just have to make do? A lot of Deliveroo kits going on. To be fair, to, to to go back to it, I think again, look, clubs might not be able to help kind of sponsors with with monetary value. Um, but in terms of obviously, you know, the rapport that a sponsor kind of provides with a club, I'd like to think that obviously clubs will be will be, you know, welcoming enough to to kind of understand, um, you know, even if you have to go into next season, if you bought a kit at the start of this season, and you was planning to change it for for the following season, maybe use it for another season. It's not at its yeah. it's not at its full wear out, has it? Exactly. So it's not exactly. not as if it's uh, too dirty to to use again. Exactly. I think it will be a case of you know. 
getting getting creative in a way. I mean, I, I, I stay out of the financial side at our club. I'm, I'm no good at maths. I can't do all that kind of thing. But I just sit there and think to myself, like, you could... If, you, if you're a restaurant, you've been shut for this period of time and then you sit and you say, right, I'll go and sponsor a football team. It's kind of like in exchange for, you know, once or twice a season, you bring your, you bring your first team or your youth team, whatever, down to the restaurant. So you know, you, you pay out £250, £500, whatever it's for a kit nowadays. Are you going to get that money back by running a couple of club nights at their restaurant? Those are probably the things people have got to look at, you know, yeah. being a bit more creative in what we do. I think you're right. That's a that's a great idea, and I think that's 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 an obvious one to do if a local curry house or a local Italian restaurant or a bar gives a team seven hundred quid. If that they know if they could ask that team to have free team events there, the way most of most of us drink, I imagine they're gonna get they're gonna get their money back pretty sharpish. Uh, Metro Gas, as, as I say, that's a, a, a well supported club by members and of all ages and. Uh, and that so how how does the club I know the clubhouse there is a big revenue uh, driver and the parties and you know um, wakes and all that type of stuff that they have there um, how's the club gonna how the club see themselves coming out of this uh, eco- economic downturn uh, to be honest we're in a good position in terms of like kits and equipment and balls and all that sort of stuff you know we've got we've got all that in abundance we're not we're not wanting for anything so I don't think we're gonna have a massive outlay when football does start up again uh, I think in terms of all the staff that actually work at the ground, most of them, I think, were on furlough, so they're not paying out too much wages. Uh, they've got, like, the gym there, so they've got membership coming in for that. So I think overall, you know, we're not... There's not really anything we're going to need other than pitch permits. That's that's the main the main cost we're going to be paying for. So I think we'll be fine. Um, we, can, we can run things like club nights. We've got, like, a fines list, which can go towards the club. Uh, but just coming back to what I said before, I think most people playing at our level are not there because they think they're big time. You know, they're there because they enjoy playing. They want to play with their mates. I don't think people would be too hard up to stick 20 quid in over the course of a season. Our lads don't pay don't pay subs. Um, there's not signing on fees. All, all we took money-wise was a deposit for the kit and stuff like that. And if they sort of leave halfway through the season they have to give the kit back or they don't get the money back. And, and that's just how we've done it. So I think if we did ask for a, a 10 or a 20 quid here and then no one, I don't think we'd have a problem with it. Uh, I think most teams in the Kent County, you know, it's, it's men's football. There's not too many youth teams like under 21s or just people just turn 18. So there's not too many people that don't have jobs. So, so yeah, I just think it's a time for everyone to pull together, really. Tim, the chairman, does a great job. He, he always finds money for kits and stuff somewhere. If if he needs extra support from us, then you know we'll all put our hands in our pockets. So so we'll be fine. We're, we're not particularly worried that, that I know of at least. But like I said, I'm not I'm not overly involved in the whole financial side of it. But I can't see us having too much problems. But then again, it just it comes down to when football comes back. I think like everyone said, if we're still here same time next year in the same position, then I think a lot of teams will be in different situations. But but yeah, no, I think we'll be fine. Cool. If we're still fucking if we're still here in a year's time. There won't be a fucking football club left. No, everyone... we'll have to we'll have to play rugby. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll say that>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. On on that note, uh, mental health. Um, how how have you found the period personally of lockdown? Have how, how has the loss of football, uh, albeit temporarily, uh, affected you? And how how do you think uh, people use that football? And that out that outlet on a Saturday, uh, 
to to improve their own mental health. Do you think? It, I, I think it's all linked personally, um, having that activity and having that camaraderie and having that competitiveness. We've we've not had a we've not had any of that in the last year, only with your your own families, I imagine, at home. Um, but how 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 do you think football is linked to mental health? Anybody? <laughs> so um, I think the main thing is obviously you just get to blow off steam, you know, like. If you've had a hard week, you know, you're turning up on a Saturday to football, win or lose. You're playing a game of football, you're going in the pub afterwards, you're having a few drinks, you're having a bit of a socialise and you kind of just leave all your troubles behind for that 90 minutes. Um, I think a lot of people are suffering at the minute, not just because of the lack of football, but the lack of everything. I think if it was just football, where everything else was normal, you'd kind of make do. But I think most people are, are stuck in their house seven days a week only allowed to go out to the shops. I think I'm lucky. I've been, I've been working most of the way through. So Monday to Friday, I'm out of the house. But I feel for a lot of people, I think a lot of people are in, are in hard positions. We just, again, got to hope that it's just not too much longer now. I think there's a there's a routine aspect, isn't there, to, to football. So for like someone like myself, who's 37, for the last 20 years, on a Saturday and a Sunday, I've gone to a place where there are 15, 16 blokes who aren't in my close circle of friends, some of them. It's just people you see on a Saturday. The geezer behind the bar, the girl who does the, the drinks and stuff, you, you see them and it's just something that you become used to and, and you take that away all of a sudden like that and you also take away all the other abilities to go and have that release. Yeah. Then you, some people who, who live on their own, they've only got their own thoughts to, to play with and the family dynamic changes, doesn't it? I'm sure my daughter loved having me around so much at the beginning of it. Now she's there, like kicking a football out the door for me down the stairs, going off your pop plug on this Saturday. Go and, go and, go and football. <laughs> so that there's this, that it's just that sort of you're losing the something that's so ingrained in a lot of people's lives, hmm. and a lot of people you, you might not know it as a manager. We might not know it as a referee. You wouldn't know it, but some people may use that. That may be their 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 only time where their mental health isn't suffering might be at football and they look forward to it. So on a Sunday morning, they can't wait for Saturday afternoon again. Mm. And I think they don't have that now. So I know a lot of people will be feeling isolated and, and, and sort of struggling a little bit through this. Yeah. Follow, following on kind of from what Luke said there, you know, I, I work up in the city and to get down to Otford um, on a Tuesday night to train, you know, it's, it's a rush and it's chaotic, but, I mean, I dream about that day now where I'm sitting there and, and rushing about and jumping on trains. You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, and yeah, I, I think right now, obviously, that the, the, the main thing is, is, you know, whether you know people, whether you don't, you know, players of your own, players from other teams, it's just about being there to be able to support people uh, in, in whatever way possible. I think that's, that's the main thing. I think, you know, being able to have a chat with you guys tonight, it's, you know, I can see a Farnborough badge and I'm sitting there and going, you know, normally I don't want to see that on a Saturday. Normally sitting, you know, a couple of, couple of places above Otford so far, but, but, you know, it's, it's something that you can, you can sit there and it's nice. And it's something, you know, that these socials, who would have thought on a, you know, two years ago on a Friday night, we'd be sitting there at nine o'clock having a conversation over a computer. It's just, it shouldn't happen, but, but here we are. I mean, I, I, I miss it massively. Like, I, I took a, I, I was out of football for a good few years before I went to Crocodile. Um, and I used to go watch West Ham all the time. And then I, I then got back into doing the Saturdays and that. And 
all of a sudden you're hooked. I only, I only did it for a couple of weeks just to help Chris out. And then all of a sudden I'm there and I'm there every week. And I miss going down there. I miss, I miss the lads. Well, I don't want to tell them that, but you know, do miss them. You, you chat on WhatsApp and it ain't the same type thing. You, you want to go down there and you want to see them and you want to get involved in that kind of the conversations that you have. And then you miss on the Saturdays going and seeing the other clubs and having that competitive, but you know, friendly competitive battle on a Saturday. Those are the kind of things I miss. And, you know, at the moment you're just sitting there stuck at home. You know, fortunately I do do a bit of work uptown still on the odd day, gets out, gets a bit of social talking to the colleagues and that. But homeschooling, I mean, I don't know, Luke, I don't know how you do it, mate, as a teacher, teaching kids. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard work. It's hard work. And when you've got, I've got two young kids and like, there's just no break from looking after your kids now. You can't send them off to your mum and dad's for an hour. When they're at school, you ain't got to look after them. And, and that that's tough mentally. But at the same time, I look at it from perspective of, you know, I've got a bit of space in the house. I've got a garden. I live near a park where some people, you know, I feel for them where they must be sitting there with two, three kids in a, in a you know, small flat, mm. no garden. That. So from that regards, you know, touch wood, it's not affecting me too much. Just, just mentally, it's just a bit tougher than it would be normally. There's a laugh at the beginning, minute when people were going to you, oh, you'll never have this time again. You should treasure it. And I'm going, yeah, you're spot on. Like, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, anyone who says that to me now gets a middle finger. I'm like, you never have this time again. Oh, First no. lockdown was a novelty, wasn't it? Though it, it was, was like you know, you never, you never get this opportunity. So it was like, yeah. go off, do something new. Lots of people were getting a bit fitter. I got myself a bit fitter over that period of time. And then as it's gone on, you're just thinking, when's when's this going to end? Oh, mate, it was the summer. I mean, I had, I had a fart for six weeks without someone telling me I've had a fart. Like, there's just, there's just no, no break. <laughs> I think, I think you're right. I mean, the homeschooling thing with me, um, I'm, I homeschooled my three, well, my two, six-year-old, should I say, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, my daughter's two, so I three, just three, sorry. So she's running about the house doing whatever she wants to do, wrecking the place while I'm trying to, while I'm trying to help the boys do their work. Uh, and then after that, I go and do my day job basically. And uh, then the missus takes over from that and from her doing her job in the morning. And she does, she looks after the kids. You're right. It's never ending. Um, there's no sort of, there's no break of it. I think the whole ritual of getting your gear ready, starting to get all your stuff ready at 12 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon to make sure you're wherever you need to be by half one for whatever, or two o'clock, whatever, whatever time you arrive at the game doing all that stuff, getting chains after the game, having that drive home after the game to sort of come down from, from the adrenaline or have a think about the game, uh, things you've done right, things you've done wrong, uh, all that stuff. You, you miss all of that. You miss that time to yourself, just that think, just that just that silence, just that time in the car just to think and, and put, get all that get all that done and there's just been there's just been none of that it's 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 that's that's real um that's something i've missed massively having that me time you know i'm not when i'm on the pitch i'm not i'm not dad or i'm not can you do this i'm i'm ref or or whatever people call whatever people call me <laughs> <laughs> but um having that time where you're not someone you're not you're just there to be part of the game is um is something that I'm missing hugely, and I didn't miss. I didn't really miss football in the first lockdown. It was a nice. It was nice because I think what, when was it March that we finished? So it's coming towards that time of the season when 
you're feeling like you're ready to, to for the season to be finished. Um, but this time, just getting started on the season after a decent pre-season, we managed to get some a decent amount in. Considering uh, we start when we started middle of July, didn't we for for pre-season? I think so. We got a decent one in, thinking that we wouldn't. Um, and before we knew it, it was done. It didn't. It didn't feel like we even got started. It was. It was. It's. It's. A, it's such a shame. Um, you know, Andrew. You know all those things you say though, like about like the the taking over, doing it with your kids, then your missus takes over and then yeah. you've got that time. I think if you bring it back to mental health, the resilience that people have shown without knowing they're showing resilience yeah. through this has been unbelievable. True. So if people are sitting there and, and they do feel like their, their mental health is is suffering or they or they doesn't always have to be that if they're just feeling a bit down to realise what you've done so far yeah. is amazing. And just to, like, very rarely did we pat, pat ourselves on the back and you tell each other how well you're doing, but through this, people have done amazing. And so you can just sort of take a little bit of honour in what you've done and graduate yourself up for the next few weeks. That's true. I mean, even looking at the stuff the teachers are doing, the amount of graph they're putting in, putting on two, three classes, video classes a day for kids. Who don't want to sit there? My two don't want to sit there. They want to watch fucking Teen Titans and play Lego and do all this stuff. They they want to do anything but work. But the teachers are keeping it so interested, interesting and varied for them that I just wanted to shout out. Not not just because Luke's a teacher. But, um, <laughs> you know, it cracks me up. I'm there on Zoom teaching mine, pretending it's going all well. My my little one's under the table eating biscuits. She ain't doing no work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I think ultimately you're right, Luke. That you know, if when we get out the other side of this, I think everyone needs to reflect and have a little look and say, "Fucking hell, it went." We got, we we got here. We got here. It was hard, but we got here. And you realize, you realize that in hard times, and this is hard times uh, for everybody. Um, how, how what you can what you can achieve. You're right there. We all we should all pat ourselves on the back for getting through this, and hopefully, uh, it's not as hard as having a shower at Crocodile. <laughs> we just turned the power off for you, Luke. <laughs> well, mate, if you turn the power off, I'm okay. I'll keep thinking I'm getting electrocuted. <laughs> so the future intimidation, that is. <laughs> the future. What does what does grassroots football look like in the back end of this? What does season 21-22 look like? Is it much the same? I, I expect to see many of the same clubs still here. I think everyone's going to go again. But what's, what are your thoughts on grassroots? Where Will it change? Or is it business as usual on the back end and the restart? For, for me, I, I think it's, it's business as usual, to be to be honest. Um, again, you know, it, it can't continue like this for much longer. But what I would, what I would say is I, I do think that you'll see um, a few more faces at games. Because I think, you know, even after the first kind of lockdown, um, I know a lot more people that would just pop down to um, their local clubs because they can't, you know, go watch West Ham anymore like Steve might have. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's one of those that I think it would be quite nice. I believe that the community, um, especially a place like Oxford, we get the odd faces come down, you know, every other week. Um, but I think, you know, they'll be be there a bit more regularly. I, I don't expect to see too many too many wives and, and kids there anymore. <laughs> they'll, they'll be uh, spending time in the pub afterwards, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. We'd like to 
like to think that people would see, I mean, I don't know about you boys, but watching professional football on telly is absolute shit. And if Steve, Steve's a West Ham supporter, Luke's a Millwall fan, I think Blaine's Arsenal, I'm Cholton and fucking hell, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't wish that on anyone at the moment. We're all, we're all, well, West Ham, West Ham are having a good season. That's how bad a year it is. <laughs> that's, that's our luck though. That's our luck though. We don't get to go there and we start doing all right. Um, but yeah, I think we'd like to see local people just go along and, and have a couple of pints in in all of your clubhouses uh, this season. Go along, have, have a drink and support these local clubs. That's the way we can help them uh, back by going along. Don't you know, football stadiums, a professional game um, has changed so much with all of the, the VAR and, and all that stuff, which I won't get into. But it's, 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 not, a, it's not the game that we all play or involved in on a Saturday, um, get along to your local grassroots club and support support them. A couple of pints by four or five people makes all the difference um, for the for, for clubs like yours. And that sounds silly, but it definitely it definitely does. Uh, I'd like to see grassroots. I like to see fans go along and watch um, watch some games. Luke, what's it looking like for uh, Farnborough? Continued continued progression, hopefully. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I mean. Like the, the the plan, as any of the sixteen, I'm guessing they've entered the, the Kent County Premiers to win that league. But that's been a plan for for a few years now. I think football's quite cycles comes in cycles, doesn't it? And I think we're sort of peaking now. I think we're at the end of the, of the four year cycle of the best players I've ever seen down there in the time that I've been there. The best squad, um, the best shape the clubs in football wise and off the pitch as well. Um, yeah, so I think that like I'd like to think that not just because I'm in, involved in the club and I like it, but I like to think it's become a, a good option for people who want to play their football now. I like to think that people don't look at it as a Mickey Mouse outfit and people go, "Oh, we go there because they've got a chance of winning something." Mm. Now, can I keep hold of the lads who I've got in my squad past 21-22 season? No, far too many of them are far too good to be playing in County League. Um, they're just a good bunch who are together and, and a, a, want to do what I want to do, actually. They, they, they've sort of signed up to the fact that if they want to go and play Skeppel, they want to win the Kent County first and do things the right way around. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the aim. It's not sort of... If you spoke to me, I think I was quite honest two or three years ago that the plan was to, to sort of finish high as we could and be higher than any Farnborough team had been. The plan last season when Staplehurst were, were well clear was to, was to try and keep as close to them as we could, but they were the best team in the league and they were always going to win it. And the plan this season was to was to be the best team in the league. And I don't think we were far off it, but there wasn't enough there wasn't enough games for us to show that really. No. You can't say that after eight to ten games, but I think I think we would have gone close if not won it. Uh Farnborough a club who all through the the fourths, the thirds and the reserves who have improved as well behind the, on the back of uh, an improved first team. Uh, down there. Any word for outgoing reserves manager Nick Pitt? No, after seven years at the club. No, he's dead to me, mate. <laughs> and then, what's he doing? No, no he's, been, he's been a star, mate. Like, like absolute pleasure. Like, I, under, I understand completely where he's coming from. The, he's thirty-two and has managed the team since he was twenty-eight. He wants to go and play football. I've been there and sort of boys here have done that player-manager stint where you end up not playing yourself and all of a sudden you've stood on the sideline for six weeks and you realise you ain't kicked a ball. I think that was happening to him. We'll miss him. 
not on the pitch, he's useless, but off the pitch, we miss him greatly <laughs> because he's done loads for us. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he like the, the infrastructure he put and put around it. So like big thank you to him for everything he's done. And and I hope he'll be back if I'm honest. I hope he has like a little does what he wants to do, goes and gets happy with his football, and then then maybe maybe we'll see him back down there. Hopefully. We heard we're here from Nick on in our Saturday manager uh, over and out show coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh Steve Crocodile, um, what's what's the plan for you guys? Is it up, on, onwards and upwards? Not much different from when we spoke in the summer, in a sense that we said we we know where we are as a club, that we know that unless that financial backing comes in, that this is probably the highest we're going to be, unless something changes with ground gradings and stuff like that. And we just want to become a club whereby you know we can become a stable outfit and if players want to come down to that level and sort of prove themselves, hopefully you can get the club into a position whereby, you know, we say, look, we're not a bad club in terms of giving you that platform to show you might be able to perform at that slightly higher level. Um, unfortunately, this season's not going too well. And, you know, there's been games that we've not picked up results in and we thought we should have definitely got something for whatever reason. We didn't. Um, there's been games that we played Oxford and got absolutely smashed. Um, we played Farnborough, who were doing pretty well, and we drew at their ground. You look at that and you think to yourself, big mixture of kind of results in a way. Um, I don't think COVID's helped us personally. I don't know what the other guys are feeling like, but there's been no sort of get-togethers of new squad players because you can't have nights out. Changing on the pitch and in car parks and all that, yeah. you lose that ability to just basically bond with players. And you know what it's like with footballers that, the better bond you've got between players, the better people will play on the pitch. And we've got a whole load, load of new players that have come in that unfortunately we just haven't had that chance to gel maybe as well as we like. Um, but other clubs are in a similar position. So, you know, we've got to make do what it is. <clears throat> Hopefully when the season starts up, we can we can kick on a bit more. That's one thing you notice if you when you play or you, you're involved with a, in a game with Farnborough, that the bond between the players is something that is is massive. And I know Luke takes that takes that seriously. That's what he likes. And he likes that change room to be close-knit. And as you can see, they've gone from strength to strength over the last couple of years, especially. Um, that is that is the, that is a massive, massively important, keeping that group uh, together, fighting for each other. And put it... I think get... from, from our side of things, I mean, we've got a great group of lads and they, they're, they're, they're good mates in a sense from like kind of just but just through sort of like chatting on WhatsApp, really, it's yeah. not it's it's not the same, you know. There's there's not a bad player in the squad in terms of personality. They're all good good lads, but you know, Farnborough have been together for a number of years. People at Otford have been together for years. As Blaine was saying with Welling, we've got a, a group of players there essentially that we've brought a whole you know whole set of new players in. You know, good, good sort of five, six, seven of new players coming, and then yeah. trying to integrate them into a squad when you can't do things like team nights and all the changing room stuff, it makes it a little bit tricky, but at the end of the day, we have to work with it, don't we? Yeah. Uh, Blaine, next season, pushing for that promotion? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, nothing's changed in terms of only one team from Division West 1 and East, I think it's the same. Only one team goes up, which makes it a massive, massive bottleneck, in my opinion. I think I said earlier, there's about... Tremendous, tremendously... Restrictive yeah. bottleneck. I think there's four or five teams in there that should be in the Prem 
you know, I'm not saying that there's teams in the Prem that should should be coming down or anything like that, but in terms of quality, just so the teams in, in Division One West, there's there's four, maybe five teams in there that deserve it, and I, I, don't, I don't know how the league are going to handle it really because I think they're in a position now where if teams don't go up from Division One, I, I don't know how long they'll last. If you know what I mean, I don't know how long before the players that don't leave to go higher do eventually then go higher, or how long till groups of players or managers want to go and try something else. You know, you see it. Um, I think you've seen it in the Ken Prem over the years. Like the old Metro Gas, like the Stablehurst, where the teams eventually sort of just can't carry on going and going without that progression. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, we're going to do what we can to win it next year. This There'll be some other teams that, that will be doing the same. So yeah, we'll see what happens, but we're confident. I think we've got a great group of players. I think on paper, you look at our squad and you look at it and you think, wow, they shouldn't be there. Uh, but then, like I said, there's, there's other teams that will, will be saying the same sort of thing. So... Yeah, we're looking forward to it. I think if it wasn't a challenge, at least, I think sometimes when we were in Div 3 and Div 2, it was a bit like, turn up, how many goals are we going to score this week? And it, it was a bit boring. You know, we we enjoyed what we were doing because we had the end goal in mind. Whereas now we turn up to games like, I think you've ref the Chipstead game where we've got an absolute hiding. And I've never yeah. experienced that in my life. Um, no, nor did I. I think most of the players have never experienced that. So it's just an eye-opener to realise that the, the division is not a joke at all. It's, it's probably the tightest, not in terms of quality, but in terms of. Oh, it's how competitive. It's competitive beyond belief. You've got the top yeah, top true. eight teams in there that, that all seem to to beat each other, and it's this consistency um, that's obviously the hardest thing in football is to be consistent and to get those wins consistently. Um, so, if someone from the league asked you now, um, would you want to restart the season, carry on the season uh, from twenty twenty one, or call it a day? What would what would your what would your choices be? I'd, I'd be keen to restart if there was sort of a clear idea that it wasn't just going to get called off again straight away. I think if we had a few weeks to prepare, get the league started, I'd be all up for it. Um, if there wasn't a sort of clear clear idea that that would happen that way and that it could potentially stop again, I'd say just write it off completely. Then we'll go again in September once we know everything's calmed down a bit, once the vaccines have rolled out a bit more, once the infection rates are right down, then we'll go from there. But I don't know what the other boys think, but for me, start again and stop again would would kill the motivation for me fully. I just wouldn't wouldn't be interested. Mm. For me, it's one of those things. I want to get back to playing football, um, but like Blaine said, without that idea of how it's going to start. I mean, before this lockdown, it was tiered, wasn't it? You had tier three Kent, tier three London, yeah, and then they were talking about well, you can only play London clubs. Yeah. And you can only have London players playing for London clubs. Well, I mean, a club like ours, for example, our ground was in Kent by about half a mile. Yeah. And all but three of our squad and management lived in London. Yeah. So then it's like, well, you can only play London games, which means never playing at home. Um, those players that were from Kent can't be part of your squad, which is a bit unfair. For me, that means losing my only goalkeeper of the squad. Yeah. And... You look at that and you think to yourself, well, we don't know how we're coming out of this. If they come out of it and they go back to that tiering system, how's that going to work? You know, and from a, almost from a fairness point of view, is it fair, for example, Crock and Hill playing all their games away from home? Mm. Um, we've only played three home games in the entire season anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I want to get back to playing football, but at the same time, I want right by the club in a way of making sure that if we do continue, 
we don't end up at a disadvantage. Fair enough, Luke. Yeah, I mean, the, the worst thing about, like, you're right, like what Blaine said, if you start again, stop again, you're not going to do it. Steve's right, it has to be fair. But if we don't finish this season, then we, that's two seasons that we haven't done. Mm. In my opinion, when we can start again, um, and there's no way of saying, is there? It'd be lovely to say that you can definitely do an amount of weeks. We have no idea what's going to go on with yeah. this. When it's safe to do so and we're told and we stick by the rules and we're told that it's safe to play again, I think we just continue it. And then if we have to stop again, we have to stop again. And not given a couple of weeks, yeah, your motivation would go. You wouldn't like it, but we get this season done. And I'm mainly saying that because I'm near the top of the league. If I was bothered, <laughs> no, no, but I think you've got to finish the season. I think you have to. I think so. Otherwise, you're just in this sort of limbo, like sort of state where there are teams who maybe have been top of the league three times, are staying in their division. Say Div 1 West, for instance. Div 1 East is a good league as well. There's some good sides in there. I think the east side of it, I know we're all sort of over this way, the east side of it gets forgotten about, but there's some very good sides. Most of the champions come from that, that part of, of Kent. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know, mate. I don't think, I don't think we could go another season without some kind of conclusion. The weird, the weird situation that we could be in is that we get a green light to play football at the end of April after Easter or wherever. And the league say, well, that's, that doesn't leave us enough time to complete the season. The, it needs to be done by the end of June. Um, we could be in a position where we've got four-month pre-season and all that time that we could potentially be finishing 2021 or at least getting it to uh, points per game sort of levels of, of game completion uh, makes sense to me to finish it, even if it's that, even if it's in that way. Um, I think we need to get it to some kind of um, some end because this this thing of teams that have should be in higher divisions and teams that are getting smashed every week having to go again in the same division um, because you know there's just been no the league feel um, that they can't relegate and promote people based on that um, but the whole thing of having a you know playing a preseason that's four months long when we when that time could be utilised. Getting getting games played um, seems a bit of a weird one to me. Because why I'm glad I'm not on the, on a on a league committee anymore. Uh, Kenny, what do you think? What's your what's the future? Yeah, look, I think obviously again, all the boys have got a good point there. I think I have two I have two heads. My Saturday head turns around and says to me, I wouldn't mind a season just restarting from next season so we can have a fresh. But then I got my Sunday team as well. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind being a, a PPG winner two two years in a row. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah, look, I mean, it, it's, it's Give tough. Give the trophy it? back. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> no, it is tough. It is tough. But, again, like you say, there's no point doing a pre-season if, you know, you're going to be playing, playing pointless games. Um, I'd rather, rather get as many league games in as possible. And if anything... You know, hopefully the ball will be back open and uh, we can have a few beers in there after the game. So, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, I think the Kent County did a good thing by postponing the Cups and uh, getting as many league games done as possible. That could, that could be the bit that saves them if we do get the green light in the next, what, six weeks. It might be that we can get enough games. I don't know if, if that's feasible. It might be that we can get some... some uh, PPG at least. I think everyone would take that now. Not another, not another blank, not another blank in the uh, 
in the in the handbook next year for the competition winners. We don't want that again. Um, so um, I said to Luke the other day, we were talking about the league and we said that like, if the, if the league did get curtailed and, you know, it, it, games are allowed, then there's nothing stopping us from reintroducing some potential cup competitions though. I would yeah. have thought, you know, if even if you are in a local position where they're saying London can only play London or that kind of stuff, mm. you know, if there's no league games but football is allowed, why not reintroduce some cups? I think it was the right call to to cancel them. Mm. If the league stops, then maybe it's a time to reintroduce them, maybe. Maybe see who's yeah. interested. If teams say, yes, we'd like to carry on playing the season, maybe an invitation cup or some kind of champions, you know, groups, four groups of, uh, four groups of four teams, for instance, and have a little have a little tournament like that. Because as I say, we're sick. We, we don't need we don't need to be doing five months of of pre season again. I think they've time. done. I think the Kent County put out a thing, and they come back about three quarters of the clubs just said, "Yeah, carry it on. Okay. If we're in a position, we'll carry it on." And I think I think that's sort of it's good of them to do that. And like you said, I wouldn't want to be on a league committee. They're only going to do the best for all their member clubs, aren't they? Yeah. That they can. Yeah. But if seventy-five percent of them are saying just just crack on, just play some games, let's see how many we get in by the end of May. I'm sure if it gets to the end of May and we've managed to get in another seven or eight games, there'd be no problem in going to the end of June. People would want to play football. Mm. You know I mean, you, you, you're not stopping the season starting again in August. This is if everything's okay, obviously. So there's still that massive sort of sword of Damocles hanging over your butt. In the Prem, most all grounds are are private so I mean there shouldn't be any problem with playing into deep into uh, the summer months and I know as you go down the divisions um, some teams play at, at on, on park pitches so it's going to be a struggle to, to, to go as you go further down but in the Prem there shouldn't be any problem with with, um, with you boys playing uh, unless you've got cricket club at your at your grounds obviously like Metrograss will struggle in the summer because um, they I know they take the cricket Seriously, they can't start. They can't start their season until the cricket season's done um, down there. But hopefully, um, I think, I think the problem comes more with um, the FA. Though I don't think they're overly keen usually to extend the season. They won't sanction the league to continue. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the if the FA will come in would, would make be making that decision now. Whether it's a, okay. I think it would, yeah. Sorry, Luke. What was that? It'd be Ken County making that decision, wouldn't it? Because so yeah, and then it's up to the clubs to to open their to keep them their pitches open. And I, I'm sure they'd all be they'll be chomping at the bit to get barbecues on and and everyone coming down to their clubs after the game and and drinking them dry. But they've got some beer. They probably got the beer yeah. on its last legs. They want to get rid of it. I'd still <laughs> drink it. I'd still drink that old beer. <laughs> I mean, it's possibly, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be great for everyone. I think. I think it's the um, Euros this summer as well. So what would be better than a game of football in the afternoon, back oh. and watch England play? I'll be up for that. I'm sure everyone exactly. else. Will be. Oh, don't man, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about playing in the meadow though in the summer when it's so hard on the ground. Your knees are going to get shot on there. <laughs> it's a hard oh, run. Right. So it don't matter now. We've got other players running around. Let them do it. <laughs> Me and you on the sideline. It's nice over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boys, uh, thanks very much for the uh, for the chat tonight. Um, as I say, the Kent County League is a league that I consider uh, as my league. Uh, the league I've achieved everything that I wanted to uh, when I set out as a as a referee. Um, 
and uh, I'm really, really proud of my time with the Kent County League. Uh, proud to uh, hear that the, that the teams are still happy and, and enjoying the league. It deserves a bit more praise than it gets. It's a little bit downtrodden for some strange reason. Um, but I'm sure it will go from strength to strength with people like you guys involved in the clubs, pushing your clubs uh, to be as good as you can be. Uh, and that's important. So thanks a lot for your time, guys. Thank you, mate. Thank you. No problem, boys, and I'll speak to you soon. Have a good season if I don't speak to you. Take care. Cheers, lads. See you later. Having trouble tracking who can play and who can't? Download Down to Play before your next match. The first app to purely focus on player availability. Get Down to Play for free in the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.